Good morning. Today is Daf Samach number 60. Yesterday, yesterday was non test. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf. Get to today's. We are learning from It's a yard site today. Zion uh, Adar. Okay. Zion Adar. Easy to remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also Lili Nishmas Daniel Benet Baruch Ben Yudaleib Ve'Amy and we'll have and also for Shleim et all who need it. Okay, so um, Amy Bas Okay, thank you very much. So let's have a, uh, let's uh, let's get started. Our review is going to begin with the um, with um, basically the discussion at the bottom of the page on Dafnun Ches Amid Beis, um, and we talked about the two different. Constellations, um, and it's based on a pasuk, the pasuk in Eiv that says his kasher ma'adanos kima, moshchos ksil tifateach, and what that uh, what we learn from this pasuk is basically um, that it seems like there's a we keep one time we say ksil then kima, then other time we say kima then ksil, which are two separate constellations, and this is telling us. That uh, the heat of Xil um, um, basically keeps the world from freezing because of the cold of Kima. And the cold of Kima keeps the world of burning from the heat of Xil. So in other words, what they provide for each other is a means of balance. We also saw that there's the, um, that there's the constellation of Scorpio, that if not for that, then one would automatically die by a scorpion bite, which is interesting. They look at it as sort of connecting to um, to the physical and uh, what, what's going on in the constellation. And that's what uh, Hashem said to Eov, that Pasuk, uh, Moshe's, uh, that's the Pasuk. Now what is the Kima? Um, so, Rashi, so Shmuel says that Kima is like the word Kimea Kachli. It's like a hundred stars. So basically, that's the rough estimate of how many stars are included in that constellation. Mm-hmm. Um, either they're very close together or they're spread apart. Okay. Now, what is Ash? We said Ash is. Ref- I got ask a question of you. How could they see that long ago that that many stars on it? Yeah. Right, it's a, I mean, uh, but the naked eye, you cannot see it. So you how can, did they come up with that idea? Yeah, they they just knew. So does Shemli Reav, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. they, they knew that there was many, many stars. Um, and also, the other thing is that they didn't have uh, what we have. I don't know if you... There's a lot of... When there's uh, light, light pollution, that uh, limits what you can see. If you go uh, out in the country... Oh. And you look up at the sky, you see so so many more stars than uh, than you could, you know, with the smog of the city or whatever it is that's going on. Light pollution, especially in West Texas, right? Stars are big and bright, right? Right in West Texas, right there. That's amazing. Very Texas. It's really amazing. It's really amazing. Anyway, so that's the story. So what what is Utah? So we said that Ush is Utah, but what's Utah? So Utah is the tail of the constellation Aries. Tele, what's called Tele in Hebrew. Um, and uh, some say it's the head of Taurus. Okay? And it makes more sense that it's the tail of, of the Aries because it says, 
Um, so it sounds like that it's missing, and it looks like it's torn, like the tail is like a little, has a tear in it. That's what it looks like. And it's following after it, and he's saying, when will I get my children back? Because this is because of the events of the Mabel. Very interesting that when Hashem wanted to bring a Mabel, what he did is he moved two stars from Kima, and by taking away those stars, that caused tremendous amounts of affects the rain, and and next thing you know, there was a marble on earth. When he wanted to seal up the rain, so then he took two stars from Ayish and took it away from them and and uh, filled it up into Kima. Now, the question is, is why wouldn't you just take the same original stars that he took away and put them back? And we said that the, that the, we have a, a, a general rule that, uh, that the hole never fills up from its own dirt, okay? Once you take the dirt out and put it back, it's, it's not very enough, okay? Well, then what about the one they just took the stars from? That's yeah. also going to be like... No. Also be oh, yeah, also, well, yeah but, but apparently, right, the one that they, they took the stars... Take... The one they took the stars from apparently doesn't have the effect of causing the marble. But uh, what it does, I don't know. Anyway, the, oh, that's one shot. The other shot is Ein Kateger Nasa Senegar. Why not create two new stars? You can't do that because Ein Kol Chodesh Tachas Hashomesh. So, but Rav Nachman says that, don't worry, Hashem is going to pay back Ayish and give him back its own stars. And that's what it means. That it'll, get, that, uh, it'll be consoled. Okay, the next thing we talked about were Zvos, which is earthquakes, and we explained that Rav Katina <coughs> is a, uh, that's what an earthquake is. So Rav Katina was traveling, and he passed by a, a necromancer, um, and uh, the, uh, and there was a, right then, when he passed by, there was a major uh, earthquake. So he says, I wonder if the nec- a necromancer knows what an earthquake is. So the necromancer, the whatever, the, the communion of the dead, whatever, they were saying, Ketina, Ketina, how do you not know that when Hashem remembers His children that are suffering amongst the nations of the world, He drops two tears into the great ocean, and that, those two tears um, could make the sound all, all over the world. And uh, that's what the earthquake is. So Rav Ketina uh, did not like that answer. He says he's a liar and, and his words are lies. Because if that's true, then it would always be two, two, two earthquakes. Well, because it's two drops that go into the ocean, and it's not, uh, and it's, uh, and uh, and although that he denied it, Rav Katina, it really was not true. Actually, he, he was correct. There is always every earthquake makes another earthquake, which is always an aftershock of every earthquake. So it actually does fit with his explanation. But the reason why he didn't want to admit is they didn't want people following after that that the the belief of the of this of this power. It's an occult power, whatever it is. Deity. What a deity of sorts. It's not exactly a deity, but whatever to communicate with the dead is for. It's an Isra in the Torah, even if it has legit, even if it's actually act, does the does do the job. Next thing we saw is uh, Rav Katina himself said a different shot. It's Hashem clapping, um, and he quoted the pasuk to that effect. The Rav Nasan says it's a groan from Hashem, and uh, the rabbis say that he's kicking in the in the firmament, um, and quoted pasuk for that. The Rav Yaakov says that it's where he's he's, he's pushing his feet 
underneath the Gizya Kavod, he's shifting his feet, and that's uh, what the cloud, what we say uh, that Hashem it says, Hashemayim Kisiv Aretz Adom Rakloit, that my footstool is the earth. So it's you know his feet are resting, so to speak, on on the earth. Obviously, it's not to be understood in a literal sense, but there's something that's something going on over here. Okay, next is the Ramin, which is the thunder. So what is the th- what is the thunder? So Shmuel says the thunder is caused when the two clouds bump into each other. Um, um, and quoted a pasuk. The Rabbanon say it's when the clouds are pouring their water into each other. And Rav Ach Yaakov says it's a very large lightning that's, uh, that, that goes on in the clouds and it breaks the hail and that's the sound of the thunder. And, um, um, and, uh, then, and the, that's, that's, one, that's another pshat. And Rav Ashi says that the, that, the, that the clouds are like a barrel, so to speak, and the wind, the wind blows through the barrel it causes a, it's like sort of a, like the wind of, uh, you know, that causes like a howling sound when it goes over something, and that's the, and that's what it is, is the thunder. Now, the most logical, the Gemara says, the most logical reason of all of these is Rav Yaakov, just because of what we see, which is that the, the, um, that the, the, th- the lightning strikes first, then you hear the thunder, and then it starts the rain. So the fact that that's the order, sounds, it, it actually matches up with his explanation. Takes us to the next uh, event that we say, is the winds. Now this does not mean a regular wind, this means a, a very strong, powerful wind. <coughs> so Bai says that there's no such thing as uh, the, these winds at night, <coughs> except the fact that there is, so the Gemara explains that it doesn't start at night. It starts during the day and continues into the night. Um, we also have another uh, another uh, tradition that, that that these powerful winds is never long, as long as two hours. And quoted positive that effect. And even though we see sometimes it seems that it's extending more than two hours, that's because it's stopping in middle. It's not straight blowing for two hours. Next, we talked about the lightning. They also say kochum vrasmala olam. What is brakim? That's the barka, and we saw that it's a that there are certain lightnings that are more harmful than others. The uh, a single bolt of lightning is very harmful. If it's uh, white or or greenish, that's also very harmful. And if it comes in the in the south in the western side or the southern side, and also when there's two clouds that come up one into each other. All of those are indicating of a, a, harm, a harm, potentially harmful lightning that you kind of watch out for, and that's uh, what what is it relevant as far as you know to pray for mercy that it shouldn't harm you. That's only if it's at night, but if it's in the morning, morning lightnings is just a uh, it's not it's a, a light show. It's not really significant, and that's because the clouds in the morning don't have significance, and. Um, Gemara says, I, there not there a thing that if you wake up and you see very cloudy outside, then you might as well just go back to sleep because it's going to be raining all day? So Gemara says, that's if it's very thick clouds. Very thick clouds, yeah, that means it's going to rain all day, pretty much. But if it's uh, the soft, fluffy clouds that are there in the morning, they're not doing anything as far as rain goes. Rabbi Alexandria said in Rishwa Levi that uh, the thunder is there to straighten out the bent parts of our heart to give us basically bring us 
to the fear of heaven. That's the idea, it's the loud lightnings and thunders. Uh, Alexandria said in Meshub Levi that if you see a rainbow, then you need to bow. So the Kumar said that's actually not correct. They cursed on that, anybody who does that in, in Eretz Yisrael, because they said it looks like you're bowing to the rainbow. But what you should do is definitely make a bracha. And what is the bracha? The bracha is Zocher Habris. The Brisa brings down the Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yochum, Rabbi says that it's Nemon Beriso, the Kaim So Papa says, therefore, that's the proper bracha, is to say both things together. Zocher Habris, Nemon Vinemon Beriso, the Kaim which is exactly the bracha that we do say. Next, we talked about is the mountains and the hills, and we said that um, um, that they, we say also mysobracious. Question is, isn't thunder and lightning also parts of mysobracious? The answer is absolutely, and we're talking about is um, yeah, by, um, either they're all together also mysobracious, not just the first group. Alternatively, um, in the first group, you're saying both kochok brasamali olam and also mysobracious. In the second group, it's only ultimate separations, but it's not kochol grasa male olam, because it's not really male olam, because it's wherever the mountain is. It's there pretty much finite in its location, as opposed to thunder travels, and the sound travels, the lightning shows is visible far away, and that's the idea of male olam. Next, we saw Rabbi Shulman Levi, when you see a full sky, and it's perfect, and you know, open, without any... Um, anything blocking, then there's a bracha of Osem Asabratius. And uh, when is that? That's like if it's rained all night long, and then in the morning a wind comes and clears the clouds, and then it opens the sky to like a full vista, and that's when you would make that bracha. This is only, this doesn't, this disputes Raphram Bar Papa's Shita, who says in the name of Chizda that once the Besamish was destroyed, we never had that anymore to have this uh, perfectly clear sky, there's always a cloud or two or something that's that's marring the perfect view of the sky. All right, next thing we did was um, seeing the sun in its tkufa, or the moon in its strength, or the stars in, in their place, and the mazolos in their place, so everything like that, that is the also Masibratius, and that is done only every 28 years, and that's when it matches back to creation. So what it means, Bitkufasa, means in the Kufa of Nisan, um, and it, uh, it, it, it comes right exactly at the same time. By the way, people do ask the question, there's a lot of material written on the Birchaz HaChama, such a rare event. But what's interesting about, about it is, they, is that it's, it happens in Nisan. When was the world created? We generally take the opinion that the world was created in Tishrei. So why isn't it in Tishrei? So there's a, so it's an interesting question. Okay, just saying. Leave it with the question. Something to think about. But anyway, the Shita, yeah, it does say Nisan. It's an argument, but... It is an argument. This seems to go with the other opinion. But anyway, okay. there's there's answers to the question. But anyway, bottom line is, right in the beginning of Nisan, when Wednesday comes out on, which is the day that the the the, the day that the moon and stars were placed in their location, that was um, so that's the and that comes out only once in twenty eight years, and. Um, Right, uh, and uh, basically, it's the really the night of the third going into the fourth because it was like very at the very beginning of that fourth day, which is the, which is the night 
So that's when the sun, moon, and stars were placed in their spot. And that's, again, there's two cycles, Rashi explains, there's two groups of cycles. There's one cycle of a four-year cycle, and then another seven-year seven-year grand cycle. So therefore, they only match up once in 28 years, and that's and that's why um, we only did it. We did the last one, was it 2008? Somebody said, uh, I forgot what it was. 2009. 2009 it was? Yeah. Okay. I just remember doing it in the parking lot here. <laughs> All right. Uh, 11 years ago. All right. Anyway, the next thing is uh, that the, this is, when you see the ocean, you also see a bracha, but you only say it once. Um... Um, only once in a while. So how far how far away is once in a while? That's if you haven't seen the, the ocean in more than 30 days. Also, if you see the Euphrates, so you would make a bracha, but only if you, you know that it has not been okay, April 8, 1981 and 2009. And I remember I was, I was 10 years old at the previous one. And then... Uh, Anyway, so that's how I remember. Okay. Uh, not the Gulf of Mexico, right? Oh, the Gulf of Mexico. It wouldn't oh, qualify. The Gulf wouldn't qualify. Oh, the Gulf, that's an excellent question. It doesn't say. Uh, it, 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 Yamagadol could be a few options. But anyway, no, seeing a yam, seeing the ocean, it would qualify as far as that goes. But as far as rivers, it can't have moved. Since we're saying the Brach of Osemisabratius, you couldn't have moved by and been diverted by man. So therefore... Only the parts of the river that we know were not moved is, um, is, is where you can make the bracha. So they knew above this certain bridge, um, the Euphrates was not touched. Past the bridge, it was already diverted and moved around. Um, and, uh, that, and, and, and as the generations went on, you know, the, it, it, the Persians moved it again and moved it again. And then further upstream, it was already... Uh, it was already not not capable of uh, saying a bracha anymore. Similar with uh, the Tigris River, um, there was certain bridges that we know that we had a tradition. It was fine up and from before that bridge, um, and then we went into what is the name Chidekel. So it's Chad and Kal. Chad means uh, sharp, um, and Kal is fast. And um, and it has uh, and, and pras is like parin viravin. It's like a very a lot a large a large amount of water in the Euphrates. Tigris is a very fast moving river, and uh, Rabbi says that the people Mahuza that drink from the Tigris, they have a sharpness to them as well. Um, they're also swarthy. That's because they have relations in the daytime. And their eyes move are are always shifting because they live in very dark houses, so they need to move their eyes around a lot. Okay, next thing, talking about rain. Okay, so we said that on rain you say Matova Metiv. Problem is that there's another bracha that's uh that's a whole long bracha, basically the bracha that we have in Nishmas Kolchai, Motama and Rabbi Yochanan finishes the whole thing of Ilufinu Malishir Kayom, etc., all the way until Einanu Maspikim Lahodos Lachashem Lokino, and we end up uh, either Rova Odos or Kael Hodos. So we just said, let's do put it all together Rova Odos or Kael Hodos. Bottom line is, it's something else, it's a different bracha. So, what's the answer? So, first we thought that one is we, we say the bracha 
of when you hear about the rain, then you just say the bracha of Etov HaMitiv. When you see the rain, then you say this other long bracha. Problem is, is that if you're hearing the bracha, that's just the regular psura. You hear that there's rain. That, oh, did you hear the news? That we finally got rain in Eretz Yisrael. So that's a bracha, but tov hametiv. But that's all psuras tovos. That's the rule for every good news. You say a tov hametiv. So obviously, it's not, that, that wouldn't be singling out. Obviously, we're talking about both where you're seeing the rain, and one is where a little bit comes, then it's only the, the, then it's the long bracha. When a lot comes, enough to sustain us, then we say a tov hametiv. Um, or it's or both when it comes with a lot of rain and one is where you own land so then you, pre, you really have what to gain so then you'd say if you don't have land then you just say thank Hashem for the rain which is the other bracha um, so the question is is that why do I just why do I get to say when I own land why doesn't it fall into the same category of when I build myself a house that I can't say tov ametiv? I just say shechianu because you can't say tov ametiv unless it's a benefit for multiple people, unless it's a building for that's belonging to to, to multiple people or something like that. So the Gemara answers is that, um, and this is why the the the, 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 the the Rashi, I'm sorry, the Rashi amends it is that we're talking about over here. It's not talking about where. Where we, um, where you need land, where everybody needs land, we're, we're talking about over here that uh, in, when it comes to if you have land, so you can make the bracha atov because even though the other person doesn't own land like you do, but bottom line is if people uh, own, you know, it's a benefit. There still is a benefit, to, not just to your property, to everyone's property, and that's the bottom line. Okay. Um, and that is the and next we talked about um, uh, did, how far did we go? Did we go all the way to the end? Or? I think we stopped. Uh, that's the, okay. That's the question. Okay, so we're going to start from we're going to start from there. One second. Let me just stop the.